Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If it's not in our best interest, it's not in his either. And he's going to speak up about it. This is The Roy Green Show. I ask anyone out there, if your son, daughter, loved one ever had an addiction, would you want them to go in a little area and and do more drugs? I am dead against that. There is so much talk about uh, drugs, legal and illegal, that you kind of lose focus after a bit unless you had a serious focus going in. And you know, on this program, our focus has been on chronic pain patients, chronic agony patients, who are being increasingly denied the drugs they require, the opioid medications they require to live reasonably and not be considering suicide. So we don't have to be talking on this program to the wife and daughter of a man who, at 52 years of age, shot himself in the head and killed himself because he was being denied even access to fundamental medication that he required, that he'd been prescribed for years. You've heard that many times on this program where um, pain patients have talked about suddenly after 10 or 15 or even 20 years of working very well and living very very well on uh, opioids. They were never out of pain completely. But uh, then suddenly because of this opioid crisis that's ongoing, The patients are denied their medication, while on the other side of the ledger, there are going to be opportunities for individuals who declare themselves to be addicted to opioids to go into these clinics that they'll open and receive their opioids. And the cynic in me says that one of the reasons they're going to do this is so that they can point the finger of addict at the pain patient Well, the pain patient came in here and then admitted that he or she was addicted to opioids. So so we gave them the opioids, but now we know they're addicts. There's so much debate about drugs, legal, illegal. Marijuana is going to be legal shortly. Twelve-year-olds will have the right to have a very limited amount of marijuana. Ralph Goodale, the public security safety minister, says... That's because they don't want children to be carrying a criminal record around with them for life. Well, how about just not carrying dope around when you're 12? It's the same fallacious thinking that allows a 12-year-old to have an abortion without parents even knowing. I know I'm telling you, sometimes I tell you these things and a lot of people are not aware. A 12-year-old can have an abortion without parents having the right to know. Certainly that's the case in the province of Ontario and some other provinces as well. And then, most recently, liberal backbenchers, as a group, decided to call for the decriminalization of illicit drugs. And I'll just read a few lines from the Global News story. The Trudeau government is rejecting a call from its own backbenchers 
to decriminalize all illicit drug use in Canada just days before the Liberals are set to debate the idea. At a national convention in Halifax, a so-called priority resolution put forward by the National Liberal Caucus for debate at the convention calls on the government to treat illegal drug use as a public health issue, not as a criminal issue. There's some merit to that, treating it as a public health issue. But the whole idea of decriminalizing drugs is bonkers. And I said that to Paul Martin when he was in the studio. And he was putting the idea forward. I said to him, Prime Minister, you realize that you're forcing people, if you decriminalize illicit drugs, you're still requiring people to buy their drugs from a very criminalized drug dealer. And Paul Martin got one of those deer-in-the-headlights looks because he wasn't ready for the question. I suspect Bill Bogart is ready for that question. He's an international expert on reducing the harm of risky behavior, and uh, he's published and edited eight books, including Permit But Discourage and Off the Street Legalizing Drugs. He's a contributor to Huffington Post. He joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Bill, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me on, Roy. What's the argument in favor of decriminalizing all illicit drugs? Uh, and if I can uh, just uh, bring everyone up to speed, Roy, that resolution uh, actually was voted on at the Liberal Party convention and ended up in the top three. Uh, so the party faithful are, are behind this resolution, uh, for better or for ill. Uh, the the argument basically is that um, if you decriminalize drugs, you're going to remove the stigma, you're going to remove the fear of criminal prosecution, and you're therefore going to encourage people to come forward, get help, get stabilized, and you know, if possible, get off the drug altogether. Really, or will you just be creating more opportunity to become an addict? Well, you, you know, Roy, I mean, logically, uh, that might possibly follow. But I think if you look at the evidence, and we do have evidence available, that isn't what occurs. Uh, and what I'm talking about here particularly is the um, in initiative in Portugal that took place about 15 years ago. Portugal was in the midst of a, a drug crisis, and uh, the government responded by decriminalizing uh, pretty well all drugs and also putting uh, social and health service, more social and health services in place. And uh, what happened was uh, death from overdoses went down. There was not a drug, a spike in drug usage. Kids were adequately protected from drug use. Uh, Portugal was not turned into uh, a haven of drug tourism, in other words, people going there to just to take drugs. And, uh, of course, the resources that would have gone into apprehending and pr uh, prosecuting individuals could be deployed for other purposes. So, uh, but Bill, how do the drugs come into the country, and who sells them, the decriminalized drugs, to the average citizen... Because it didn't stop the sale of oh, previously illicit right. drugs in Portugal. Uh, who yeah, does no, the no, selling? You're, you're pointing to. Uh, I'm asking a, a question. Well, yeah, no, but you're, you're you're pointing to a real issue about the limits of decriminalization. Yeah, because I'm I'm always going to tell you, either legalize whatever you're doing or don't. 
don't go for the middle. Well, then, then Roy, um, I'd be happy to see you advocating that because ultimately that would be my position. It's difficult and, and complicated. Yeah, but I don't believe that. I don't believe that. So I would go with illegal simply because I've seen the damage that it can do. Drugs can do an enormous amount of... So does alcohol, which they don't do anything about. Yeah. I'm not here to tell you and your listeners... No, no, I know that, that Bill. I, I know. I know. This should happen because I think that drugs are harmless. No, no, I know. Yeah. My, my position is drugs can cause a great deal of harm. I just don't think we should try to solve those problems through the criminal justice. Okay, so but they tried it. Uh, Chrétien tried it. Martin was going to try it. And then they fumbled and stumbled and didn't do anything. Um, so, again, I... Who sells the drugs? Is it still the criminalized drug dealer? So a person has to do business with a criminal and uh, who could be yanked off the street at the time the person's buying their drugs. I mean, the scenarios are many. There's also the one where you point out that maybe people get off the stuff. I... Well, and that's certainly the goal, right? No, yeah, we want, but we want weird, people, way to, weird way to achieve it. People who are are dependent on these drugs to, to, to get off them. But uh, you're, you're right. I mean, there's limitations about decriminalization, and that's re- those limitations really persuaded um, Prime Minister Trudeau, rightly or wrongly, to go whole hog with cannabis. And that's why we're going to legalize and regulate it, because uh, we want to speak also to the supply side. We don't want the criminal elements selling the drug. We want to tax that billion-dollar industry. We want to have quality assurance, et cetera, et cetera. But the billion-dollar industry is not going to go away because they'll just make the product more powerful, and they'll compete with price uh, the, the, with the government prices. And you know what happened when government tried to raise taxes on uh, on tobacco? There was a gun battle in uh, in uh, in uh, on, on the Ontario Quebec border, and uh, that was the end of that. But I'm not well, suggesting that's going to happen here. But the the, the billion dollar industry is not going to go away and just give up. No, no. But but let's talk about tobacco for a moment. Roy. Okay, hold on. I'll come back to you. Okay, let me take a break. All right. We're talking to Bill Bogart about uh, illicit drugs and about decriminalizing all illicit drugs. We'll come back to Mr. Bogart in just a minute. Looking for the truth and not worried about rattling some cages to get at it. This is the Roy Green Show. I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com and listen back to this segment or any that you choose. At uh, RoyGreenShow.com, my webpage in the podcasts in Portugal. Uh, again, reading from the Global News story, anyone found in possession of an illegal drug in Portugal is ordered to appear before something called a dissuasion commission, which can refer the person for treatment or impose administrative sanctions, such as fines. So how would it work then? And what 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 formula do you see? Bill Bogart is with us. He uh, writes on issues such as this, public health issues. His books include Permit But Discourage and Off the Street, Legalizing Drugs. Also writes for the Huffington Post. Uh, Bill, how would the form, format work? What would the law look like if it, were, if it were done optimally from your perspective? Well, you know, I think that the, the, the main 
element would be the removal of criminal sanctions. Uh, an individual using these drugs would not be charged criminally. They would not face uh, incarceration. They would not have a criminal record. Now, if uh, the folks that looked at this said, you know what, an administrative penalty, some kind of sanction should still be in place, and incidentally, that the Liberal Reso- Party resolution contemplates that, then that uh, you know could be could be done in Portugal. I think they keep the the the, the penalty in place, basically, so that a person apprehended with drugs can can be asked some questions about look are you using this recreationally and they, do you understand the dangers of even recreational use or like are, are you dependent on this can you not get along without it because if you can't get along without it you're in the area of problematic use and you need to get some help because things are only going to get worse from uh, with you know with due respect for all of that isn't that basically worthless don't people know that going in aren't people aware of that they're in trouble if they're using drugs and the drugs have taken over their lives well roy but uh, but let's look at at the studies of what occurred in portugal when they put this in place deaths from drug overdose went down hiv rates of infection went down uh, there wasn't a drug spike in. It wasn't a spike in drug usage. Uh, there, there wasn't a problem with drug tourism. In other words, apparently, it did have a very beneficial effect. How about? Are there any numbers or any statistics on the um, criminal acts that were that that took place after this legislation went went into force? In other words, did uh, people who were taking drugs mm-hmm. feel comfortable with the with the way things were, and so they took the drugs, and you know that taking drugs, and particularly if you can't afford it, is going to cause people to commit criminal acts in order to get the money to buy the drugs. Yeah, no, no, and I, and I, I can't give you any information on that, and I, I agree with you. That can be uh, a problem, and, uh, you know, uh, is one of the uh, consequences of just stopping at, at decriminalization and not going all the way to legalization and regulation. Because right. the war on drugs has been lost, hasn't it? Well, I know, but that's a, is that a point for you or is that a point for me? It's not a point for anybody. It's just well, a fact. I, except I think, I think what it, it the conclusion... It takes a new, it's going to take a new approach. Is the, this isn't a new approach. This is just a sort of a putting your toe in the water to see how hot it is. No, no, but but the fundamental premise of the dr- war on drugs was criminalization of drugs, right? We're going to solve this by threatening and actually locking people up, and then people will stop using drugs. And that has not occurred, Roy. No, I know, because the drugs make their way into jail. Exactly, exactly. So let's stop thinking about all of this as a criminal law issue, and let's start thinking of yeah, it but as it's, a public but, but, health but I issue. I get it, Bill. I understand. I, I agree with you that it's a public health issue, but at the same time, to take people before a commission and say to them, do you not recognize the fact that this is bad behavior or that it's injurious to you, that's dopey because people know that. All it does is create a, a, a layer of bureaucracy. Well, except that whatever it creates, we, the statistics seem to suggest that it has. Yeah, but statistics can all be manipulated. Effect. Look, right. There's no. I align myself with the Economist. The Economist says in advocating for not turning to criminal law in, on this issue, it, legalization and regulation, or even decriminalization, is the least harmful way. There's no 
good way to deal with this. There's no good way. Do we know what percentage of the population actually does drugs? Pardon me? Do we know what population of the what percentage of the population does drugs? Well, it varies it, it varies for the drugs. It varies, you know, alcohol yeah. it's very it's very high and yeah. and yeah, it's interesting you say that because most people wouldn't think of alcohol as a drug because it's been okay for so long. I know, but Roy, you and I know the kinds of harms. That I, absolutely. Alcohol. And look, tobacco, uh, 40,000 people a year die of tobacco-related illnesses in this country. Yeah, I know, but you know, tobacco, and you talked about tobacco earlier, tobacco is a public health success story. We've gotten the rates of consumption of tobacco down from about 50% down to about 17%, and they're falling. And with kids, they're down to single yeah, digits. so are the smokers. Pardon me? I say so are the smokers. They're falling, too. There's still a huge number of people who smoke, and it's just been, a, it's been accepted. Bill, are, do you believe, based on, on, on the studies and, and based on your knowledge and your research, do you believe that they're going to get to a point in this country where um, illicit, now illicit drugs will become legal, and it's not dependent on the Liberal Party or the New Democrats or the Conservatives. Do you believe there's going to be the kind of public view and public attitude which will force politicians and governments to follow the public will? And, and legalize and regulate drugs? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's going to happen? I think it will happen, Roy. It's not going to happen tomorrow, that's for sure. And it needs a lot of debate and discussion like the way we're having right now. Um, and folks like me who advocate for this uh, bear the onus of showing that, as the economist say, says, this is the least harmful way to, to go about this. But, yeah, I think we'll get there. Okay. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Thanks very much for the opportunity. All the best. Right. Same to you. Thank you. Bill Bogart, who is the author of Off the Street, um, Legalizing Drugs and Permit But Discourage, eight books on this issue. It's something that uh, should be talked about in all families in Canada. And it becomes more relevant with the legalization of marijuana and the fact that 12-year-olds are going to be okay to have possession of pot, a certain amount, because the justice minister or the, the public safety minister doesn't want the criminal record to follow a 12-year-old. Sometimes their thinking process is so vacuous. When we come back, our borders, how significantly important are our borders? Starting next week, borders crossers, illegal border crossers who go from New York to Quebec, who don't want to be in Quebec, who would prefer to be in Ontario, are going to be moved to Toronto. We'll talk about that when we come back.